This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Monday at noon means it's time for our Zoomer squad. Now, Marissa Lennox, CARP's chief policy officer, is on a plane on the way to Alberta to meet that province's health minister. And health is at the top of our agenda here. First of all, as you heard in Jeremy's news, flu season is upon us. And the good news is that Ontario is the only province where the high-dose vaccine is covered for people over 65. In Alberta, for example, only seniors in long-term care homes are offered the high-dose shot, even though it's recommended for all seniors. Everyone else has to pay 75 bucks, and that's if they can get their hands on it. It looks like the high-dose vaccine won't be available in Alberta and B.C. until late November or early December because the producer, Sanofi Pasteur, has said it will supply provinces or province where it is covered by health insurance first. So here in Ontario, Despite assurances from the government, I've been hearing from people who say they don't have access. Now, last week, Health Minister Christine Elliott said that an additional 200,000 doses have been ordered this year. So I've been trying to find out how many doses in total are available. Uh, The ministry is working on getting that information to me. I'm sure they will, Uh, just not in time for the show. Meanwhile, some doctors and pharmacists believe that, to begin with, the requirement that you have to get that high-dose shot in a doctor's office is a form of rationing. So uh, I want to hear from our listeners, of course, on this. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And now I'd like to welcome Peter Mugridge, who is Senior Editor of Zoomer Magazine, and David Kravit, Vice President of Zoomer Media. Hey, guys. Hey. So on the one hand, I don't want to be, you know... Um, a, a bit of a piggy about this. You know, we're lucky. Ontario is the only place where it's covered, but there's not unlimited money. And I'm sure there are not enough doses to cover 4.6 million seniors. What's your take on all of this? Well, clearly, clearly there's a financial uh, constraint, but it's, uh, I find very surprising that they can't even tell you what they ordered. Don't they know how many <laughs> doses they ordered? It, it's, well, they Why have a communications branch and it, it, you know, it takes them, uh, you know, longer than I gave them this morning for that question. <laughs> so I, I'm right. sure they'll eventually get the answer, but um, yeah, that's, that's... But it seems that every year we go through this, is that how many do we have? Is it really short? Who's got it? Uh, the pharmacists are very eloquent, saying we ought to be able to give a high-dose flu shot in the pharmacy, the same as a regular flu shot, because it is a health, a public health issue. The more people you uh, can vaccinate against the flu, the better it is for the whole community, because people aren't running around 
you know, getting mm-hmm. getting sick and getting others sick. And the idea of having pharmacists do it is an access issue. It's a, you know, if you have to go to the doctor, it is frankly a bit of a pain. We talked about it here on Thursday with a pharmacist and a doctor, and the doctor isn't happy with it either because that's valuable doctor time, though, frankly, in the doctor's offices, um, uh, I don't know if they're all having, you know, a Dr. Gorfinkel has a nurse in yeah. her doctor's yes, office yeah. giving it out. He has to be there, though. Yeah. To to bill for it, he has to be there, right? Yeah. 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 Um, right. Now, uh, on Friday afternoon, I schlepped my husband to the doctor's <laughs> office and... <laughs> Yeah. And uh, there were high-dose shots ad- administered by a doctor. Now, the way it works, because I had complaints from people saying, my doctor doesn't have it, so your your doctor had to order it. And again, from Dr. Gorfinkel, it sounded pretty efficient. She said that, um, let me just see exactly, uh, she she got her request form on October the 4th, faxed it back to Toronto Public Health on the same day and received their first shipment on October the 11th and got the 200 doses they requested. That sounds to me extremely efficient. I'm not sure if it has to go through public health in that way in other jurisdictions, but again, it was also up to the doctor. So, so, uh, you know, people out there, if, if you can't get it from your doctor, chances are your doctor didn't order it. Right. Right. And what would be the reason for the doctor not to order? I don't know. Um, Another question that you got to go to your doctor. To well, find yeah, out. yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, um, I mean, the larger question is um, why are so few Canadians um, getting the flu shot? I was looking at a CBC report that said only thirty-four percent of Canadians go for the flu shot, and um, you know, thirty-four uh, percent of 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 Canadians with chronic conditions go for the flu shot, which which seems to me absurd. If it's available and you have a chronic condition which can be exacerbated by flu, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you get the shot? You know, right? And and the but the total number of seniors who get it is seventy one percent. Seventy one percent, right? Yeah, because yeah. they might realize that a possible complication is something like pneumonia, which which could actually end up killing you, killing you, or. Yeah. Or making you lose your independence or making you, uh, you know, sick for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get it. And in our newscast this morning, we just had some news about, you know, in the schools, it is supposedly mandatory in the schools here in Ontario, but there are exemptions. And not all the exemptions are for medical reasons. And our medical officer of health wants to end those non-medical exemptions. But but most of these exemptions are apparently in alternative schools, which are also publicly funded. So these alternative schools, uh, I don't know, um, you know, maybe they're full of those anti-vaxxers, but why should we be paying the bill for people who endanger public health is the endangering question. Endangering our health, yeah, of course. They are endangering our health. And I still hear, you know, for all the, the, the Zoomers we hear from who say, yes, it's, of course, it's important. I get calls from people who say, I don't need the flu shot because I've never had the flu. And, and what about all the people you're around? It, it's. Well, there's a big, there's a big, um, misconception uh, education gap between is it you know i've heard of the flu vaccine i've heard of the flu shot too many adults or seniors think of vaccines as something that happened when they're children you're born you got that 
your little course of vaccines when you were a kid and then you need, don't need to go near it again. But in fact, you do. There are certain vaccines that have been developed since Zoomers were little kids that we, yeah. we need. So I think it, it really speaks to a larger issue of being better informed about what's out there. Mm-hmm. So that you can know what you need because it is a risk to your health and to the public health. Um, yeah. Um, I, I still, you know, I have to say very honestly, I don't get this vaccine hesitancy thing. I, I you know, and th- I, I read one report that said a quarter of older adults are scared of needles. <laughs> well, okay. From, yeah. from when they were little kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they have those memories of those long, you know, syringes and everything and, and lingering memories. Do you think I mean, that's a problem? Or? <laughs> yeah, I I got my flu shot on Friday and um I didn't even feel it going in. Now I have to say I've had a lot of uh I've had a lot of needles in my life and some of them are very uncomfortable and and it was too bad because they saved my life but really um you know it it's And it, the the other thing too is one year the flu shot was ineffective and and do you think people have that sort of re- re- you know in their heads like And it, so it didn't what work so year. what happened if it, I mean I got the flu that year Yeah so did I uh, yeah So so what like what did you lose by getting a flu shot Mm-hmm. Well, I think, though, that Peter makes a good point, because if it's considered, I mean, we're talking about public perceptions yeah. here, and yeah. perception is reality, yeah. you know, whether we whether we think of ourselves as better informed or not. There is this kind of annual cycle. Is it a bad flu this year? Yes, it is. No, it isn't. What happened in Australia? Because there is a season yeah. ahead of us. Mild. It was yeah, mild it was in Australia. Mild. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I so, thought it was bad. There you go. (laughs) And then did the industry develop the right strain? Yes, they did. No, they didn't. Do they have enough? Yes, they do. No, they don't. There was apparently a little bit of a delay in delivery of the regular flu shots because it took them a while. Right. So, yeah. And, and, um, so there is this, this kind of floating target that says this year the flu itself might not be bad. The vaccine itself might be effective or not. I think that, um, there is that if you see it as a kind of a variable, like a kind of a trend thing, am I going to be on trend or off trend mm-hmm. this year? Do I really need it? I think that accounts for it. But I must say, I think a 71% uh, hit rate among seniors is pretty That's good. That's high. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty high. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to hear from, from people, um, are you getting your flu shot? Did you get it? Are you waiting for a high dose? The numbers are 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And again, you know, to me, it's kind of a no-brainer. It is. It is. It really is, whether it's for you or to have herd immunity to protect somebody you might be coming into contact with. Um, yeah. And we've all heard those terrible stories on the other side of it because babies under a year can't be vaccinated from people who their, their tiny little babies mm-hmm. have gotten the flu because they were near somebody mm-hmm. who thought I don't need to be vaccinated. That's right. That's why it's a public, an urgent public health problem. Well, 3,500 people die from the flu every year. Yep. Yeah. And people don't realize that. And, and I don't think there's a number on the people who, who can't go home. Right. After that, they've got to go it's into long term yeah. care yeah. or something like yeah. that. It's just, yeah. 
Anyway, let's move along. And uh, another thing that we talked about last week, we we talked here uh, with the Ministry of Long-Term Care about long-term care beds. Uh, there's, you know, um, an ongoing debate about how many, how much, but we just uh, saw this terrible story out of British Columbia of abuse in a long-term care home, a horrible story of a 94-year-old woman blind who was confined to her room over the holidays last year, and there were bed bugs, and she had no idea because they didn't tell her until a staffer took pictures and sent it to her daughter in Ontario. I mean, it it just boggles the mind. Typical of, well, I won't say typical, rare, but it does open up a whole dialogue about this entire sector of the healthcare system because it seems to me that it's very ad hoc. There's a horror story, an inspector rushes in, somebody apologizes, and we wait till the next horror story. And you wonder if the whole sector, when you take that and you compound it by there's not enough beds, we're going to build more, when, how, how many, it looks to me that that whole uh, sector of the health continuum is not really being looked at thoroughly and comprehensively and strategically. It looks like they're lurching from one ad hoc which is, solution which, to another. Which is, it's, you know, we just had a huge, what, year and a half inquiry yeah. Into, yeah. into the murders in long-term care. Uh, one of the things, and again, you can't pr- compare Ontario and BC because these things are provincially, right. they're provincial jurisdiction. But one of the issues brought up with this bad case, and I believe it's the same deal here, is that often these homes get notice about when they're going to be inspected. Right. And it sounds like maybe uh, there was an issue uh, over the holidays. Obviously, they're shorter staffed over the holidays, and they just, somebody who has nowhere to go, confined to a room. I mean, it yeah. was kind of a perfect storm, but but still, that that seems to me again a no brainer that you don't tell people when you're going to investigate mm-hmm. them. And and, or inspect and them. buried in that story was was the executive director told staff to lie about it to to cover it up, and he threatened termination. This is from this is from the staffer saying that he threatened to terminate those who spoke publicly about it. So, I mean, that's that's the worst part of it because. Bed bug breakouts happen, but I mean, if you treat them quickly and you know, yeah, but um, can you imagine that that that? I mean, I don't even want to go into the details; they're too gross, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know, bed bug carcasses on her bed, and yeah. she didn't know because she couldn't see. I mean, yeah. it, it's 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 like something out of a horror movie. Yeah. Well, and we keep getting these kinds of cases, and I think that the the whole that whole chunk of the healthcare system, it's like it snuck up on the people in charge and they say, wait a minute, we've got renegade uh, staff here. We've got elder abuse. You know yeah. how many times CARP has covered and yeah. you've covered elder abuse in a home. Now we've got sanitary. What is the process of licensing these places, funding these places, inspecting these places and building more supply? And penalizing these places. <laughs> and penalizing yeah. these places and building more supply the whole topic seems to be 
um, I won't say an afterthought, but oh gosh, we better look at long-term care all of a sudden, and they're suddenly scrambling to come up with answers when they haven't really paid any attention. Right. Okay. Uh, we have some people who uh, want to talk about their experience with high-dose flu, so let's uh, let's take those calls, starting with Glenn in Pickering. Hi, Glenn. Good morning, y'all. How are Good you Good afternoon. Morning. I uh, went to my doctor to get the high-dose and they had not received it as yet, and so they just gave me the regular shot. And uh, can I go back and get the high dose? Apparently not, but you did the right thing, uh, according to what I heard from doctors. So again, you know, can't blame the government from everything for everything, nope. that if they didn't have it, probably because they didn't order it on time. Right, right. And, uh, the high dose flu is twenty four percent more effective right. than the regular kind, and that doesn't mean twenty four percent. It means <clears throat> whatever the effectiveness of it is this year, whether that's eighty percent or ninety percent. I don't know what that number is. Is twenty four percent of that? Yeah. So you did the right thing by getting what they had available because it also takes two weeks for your antibodies to build right, up. Right. So you would suggest that. Uh, I could not go back and get another shot. That's what we were told by a doctor that we had in and a pharmacist last week, that okay. you, you get one or the other, you don't get both. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. You're very welcome. Okay. I am not a doctor. I just play <laughs> one on the radio, but I talk to a lot of doctors, so... Uh, I can I can relay what they tell me. That's the best I can do. Terry in Toronto. Hi, Terry. Hi, Libby. Um, last week, after listening to your uh, show about this subject, I thought, well, I better go and get this high dose. I've had the low dose for several years. No problem. No problem getting it. Just go to the drugstore and, and get it while you wait kind of thing. Anyway, this year I phoned my doctor's office, and as usual, it's just impossible to get through. Then the second thing is, um, you know, he goes away for vacation, and the third thing is I don't even know if they've even got it. So I thought, well, why don't I go to the walk-in clinic that's not too far away where they do have doctors? And sure enough, when I called to see if they had any, they said, yeah, you better hurry down here. We've got three doses. So down I go and, um, and have it. No, no problem. Didn't even feel it. And over the years, with the other shot, I've had no reaction whatsoever. This time, however, after four hours, I got sick as a dog. And I had to go to bed, and I'm, I'm, for 12 hours, I'm sweating. I'm uh, just, uh, you know, like a really, really bad flu. And after that, it, I gradually recovered. But um, I'm just wondering whether I, I want to have this thing again after what happened to him. Doctor, I did the questionnaire with the doctor because he was not my regular doctor, and I'm not allergic to anything, never had problems with all the things they want to know about, like uh, allergies to, you know, bags and stuff. So it, uh, did, I'm, did I'm the, curious whether I should go back next year. And okay, well, here's, here's what I know, uh, because as I said, my, my husband got it uh, on Friday. So uh, we were both uh, getting a shot in the doctor's office, and he warned out, he, he said, the side effect profile for this is higher than for the regular vaccine, which means you might get a bit of a reaction. And um, two, day, two days, like by the Sunday yesterday, he wasn't feeling great. 
and he normally nothing bothers him. It didn't feel like it was flu-like, but I don't know. So um, it's, I guess it's up to you. So you weren't feeling well for 12 hours uh, and then it stopped. And if you get a higher rate of protection from that, uh, so I guess that's up to you to decide whether that's worth it. But I can tell you that we were warned that, that there are more possible side effects. They don't last that long. Uh, and, uh, I guess that's the trade off. So, uh, Terry, did the doctor tell you that there was a higher side effect with this? He mentioned that there could be a reaction to it, but I didn't expect what I had. I mean, this uh, was pretty severe. Okay. Well, that. then it's, it's up to you. So you, he, they did mention it and, and it did happen. And I don't know if, You've had it once. If that means you will, you'll be less prone to get it. Uh, the answer is it's up to you. I don't know. I was warned of this. At the, I got it at the Zoomer show last right. weekend, and was warned. And I had a very uh, tender, great tenderness in my arm, which yeah. never happens when I get shots. But I didn't have any flu side effects. Mm. So it was, in my case, it was like a little bit of swelling and. Mm-hmm. I guess each individual is different. different. Each individual is different, but there is a bigger potential for yeah. that. Terry, thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Okay, let's go to Diane here in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Hi, good afternoon, and thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. And I want to talk about the high-dose flu shot. Yep. I'm 70, 70 years old, or 70 years young, and um, I hesitated for a lot of years, decades even, to getting, getting the flu shot because I had two bad reactions to it. And I remember phoning your show a few years ago, and I forget whether it was you or Jane, that very gently suggested it'd be a good thing to, uh, you know, talk to my doctor about it. I had one last year without any reaction whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and um, so I'm going to see my doctor this Wednesday, and I'm going to, I'm going to go for this, this flu shot again. And I think a lot of people hesitate. Now I didn't have a bad reaction at all. My boyfriend was awfully sick for a few days with whatever, whatever he got. So uh, you know, I just built up this fear in my mind that it wouldn't be a good thing. And uh, I had no problem with it, and um, I'm all ready to go again. Okay, well, that's good to hear. All right, well, thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Okay, you too. Thanks for your call. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, with with the high dose, it's uh, sort of a combination of what's available wherever. And and, uh, Terry, the last caller, had the right idea. If you want the high dose and it's hard to get into your doctor, you could try a walk-in clinic and see if they have doses. Uh, and uh, how many doses did we have at the Zoomer show? 400. And we wow. ran out. We were, we were... Ran out quickly? We ran... Well, I don't know, quickly. I think they were being very careful about... Uh, they weren't turning anybody away, but they were concerned that we were going to run out. And I, I felt at the time we could have used more. And here was a chance to <clears throat> vaccinate a huge number of people. And why would that be bad, you know? But I guess the government, you know, is portioning these things out in some rational way that... uh that they know better well, than me. Well, I look forward. Let me, I'm, no, uh, they already told me that they're not, they're, that <laughs> I was not going to get that answer by the time we're on air today. So I don't know the total number of doses. Yeah, and to be fair, they're guessing yeah. too. They yeah. don't know right down to the dose. What no, they, they should mean. know. They well, will know because. No, no, I mean, know. in terms of ordering ahead of time, they're estimating. Oh, no, no, the doctors don't know, but yeah. the ministry should know because they know how much money they have to yeah, cover. Yeah, that's it. true. So, so that is a thing. 
And and back to long-term care, I mean, the whole thing is coming on the front burner because uh, here in Ontario, again, the NDP is saying that for all the talk, the government only created 21 new long-term care beds. Uh, I talked to the minister last week and she said, well, that was 21 that weren't there before, which seemed a little flip, but they have the allocations for 7,500 beds. Uh, the money is allocated. It takes time for these things to come on stream. We know that. But it's it. what's happening is it's all part of the same problem. You've got a system designed to treat an illness. You're sick. You go to the doctor. You get treated. The government pays for that treatment. Now we're in prevention, i.e. vaccines. We're in uh, long-term care, which in theory reduces expensive hospital stays, mm. giving you prevention there. The system hasn't yet caught up with uh, what the new feature of healthcare is, which is prevention mm. and, and sort of chronic long-term care, but still a, a transactional system, sick, treat, pay, Sick, well, treat, pain. they're That's actually trying to get into technology that will yeah. keep people at home yes. longer. But that's also a pretty long-term thing. Long-term care. Long-term they, care. They mean it literally, Libby. <laughs> long-term <laughs> care. They should long -term bold the care. first word there, long-term care. Well, again, you know, we're fortunate here that this high dose is covered. Uh, let's take another uh, flu call as we uh, start thinking about wrapping this segment up. Hi, Marilyn and Lindsay. Hello. Oh. Hello. Yes, you're Hi. on the air. Hi. Hi. How are you? Fine. Go ahead. I'm fine. I'm fine, too. I just wanted to comment that the regular dose covers four strains, whereas the high dose covers three strains. Okay. Well, yeah, one's trivalent, one's quadrivalent. And also, when they're talking about the reaction, they're actually talking about a sore arm, a bit of fever. Yeah. Um, soreness, something like that, but if somebody gets ill from it, like if they're vomiting, which vomiting isn't even flu, this flu is more respiratory, Yep. and um, they were actually probably exposed and going to get ill anyway. It, it wouldn't actually be from the flu shot. It, it, that is, uh, that could be, I mean, like I said, we were warned that there could be side effects with this flu shot. And that's one of the things is that whatever happens to people, they blame certain things and that might not be accurate. Right. Absolutely. Not yeah. might not be accurate. You know, uh, we at home were wondering, were we having, you know, it felt a little bit like indigestion, but the food was perfect. So, cause I yeah. cooked it. Uh, <laughs> so what, could it have been the flu? Sh I mean, who knows? Right. So, and that's part well, of the problem. Uh, health unit is, I mean, I did work for the health unit in immunization and, and that's what they always, they always told people that it, you were probably exposed and you were going to get sick anyway, but a reaction would be more, um, the immediate, uh, the pain, uh, whatever's going on in your arm. Yeah. Just body getting used to the and it will take, yeah, a full two weeks to build up immunity. Well, th thank you for reminding us about that. And, and you tell somebody, try to tell somebody who is convinced that whatever they had is because of the flu shot, that it might have been something else. I say, oh, yeah. good luck to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the regular shot, um, I don't find anything wrong with it. I think... 
people, if people are really compromised, you know, they have COPD, they have uh, diabetes, they have a lot of health issues going on. Yeah, they would. It, they would benefit, I'm sure, from the from the extra high dose. But very healthy people, the regular dose is going to be quite sufficient. I'm, I would think. Okay, thank you for that, Marilyn. You're welcome. You have a great day. Thanks. You too. Okay, uh, we're basically out of time uh, for our Zoomer Squad for this week. Peter, what would you like to leave us with? Um, yeah, the uh, get out and get the flu shot, I guess, and, and you know, keep, keep families safe, keep older people safe. You visit in nursing homes or hospitals. If you're protected, they're protected. Talk to the doctor. It's striking how many broken telephones there are. I didn't see my doctor. I went somewhere else. I don't know if my doctor ordered it. Maybe my doctor did. Maybe they didn't. Um, when you come into flu season, when we come into the winter, uh, everybody should check in with their doctor to find out uh, the story. It's up to us to get the information, but the doctor or the pharmacist have that information, and we should go get it. Okay, and remember, it takes two weeks, so uh, don't waste time. Exactly. Okay, thank you so much, Peter Mugridge and David Kravitz. We'll see you here next Monday. Sure. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.